like you have to learn how to talk to people, learn how to build that rapport. That everybody's not trying, you know, go about you. You gotta learn how to calm people down with your words. But some people just don't receive that training. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Black and Blue Podcast. My name is Dale. I'm the host. Thank you for joining me here today. I really appreciate each and every last one of you for helping this show grow beyond what I thought it could be. Uh, you know, I love talking to officers from all over this this great nation of ours so that you can see, uh, you know, that we're human beings. We, you know, this, this show is really about humanizing the badge. And today is no different. I've got an a four-year veteran of the Burke County Sheriff's Office in Burke County, Georgia. Everybody, please help me welcome in Sergeant Eric McCants. How you doing, sir? How's it? How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you for joining me here today. It's my pleasure. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I, I love I love that background you got right there. That car back there. That's that's what's yeah, up. That's my like old that. car right there, sir. Okay, all right, cool. Oh, that, what? Oh, there. That's it. That does say Burke County. It says the name on your patch represents who you, who hired you. The name on your nameplate represents who raised you. Okay, yes, definitely, definitely. So, I mentioned that you are a four-year veteran of the Burke County Sheriff's Office in in Burke County, Georgia. Real quick, tell everybody where that is for for those those of us that don't know where Burke County is. Uh, it's in Georgia, right below uh, Augusta, Georgia, in between Savannah. Uh, it's roughly one of the biggest counties in Georgia. It's about 835 square miles, uh, mostly rural. It's about twenty to 30,000 uh, citizens in the county. Okay. All right. And, and how large is, is your department? Uh, it's going to be about 110 to 120-man department. Uh, we do full service uh, uh, law enforcement, and we do a detention center. Nice, nice. And I mentioned you were there. You've been there for four years. What do you do there now? Uh, I'm the sergeant over in narcotics. Okay, all right. How long you been doing that? Uh, I just got promoted over to that position in October of 2020. Nice, nice. And what 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 sort of narcotics investigations are you guys doing? You guys doing street buys or what? What are you guys doing over there? Uh, what we do a mixture of it, like I said, we'll do street buys or then we'll have where we do takedowns or basically just surveilling areas to make sure we'll build up enough, you know, probable cause to maybe get a search warrant to hit a house if we need to. All right. Nice. Nice. And then, uh, you know, we talked off air that you've had a few other jobs. Uh, where else you worked in law enforcement before Burke County? Uh, I actually started in the city that my actual service department is in, uh, Waynesville Police Department. I started my career off there then I went to uh, Payne College which is a college that's up there in Augusta, Georgia. And then I transferred over to a Richmond County Board of Education School System 
which is school system for uh, the Augusta area, which starts from K to 12. And then my current sheriff, who was chief back then, got elected sheriff, and he became the sheriff of Burke County, and then he brought me over to the sheriff's department. All right. Yep. It pays to to be in good with the with the people above you, right? <laughs> don't yes, burn those bridges, yes, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Don't do that. <laughs> nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Who, who's the sheriff over there right now that, that you're talking uh, about? Sheriff Alfonso Williams. Okay. All right. Well, good, good. I'm, I'm glad that uh, is this a better move for you from where you were? Yes, sir. Uh, I like kids, but dealing with kids in that aspect, it can, it can be a challenge. Say juveniles have yeah. been one of the struggles of law enforcement. Yes, yes, it is. You know what? Uh, real quick, are, are the schools open over there in Georgia now? Uh, some of them are. Some are closing, like where uh, my kids go to school at, which is Richard County. Uh, some classes, schools were open, but they're slowly starting to close them down, start moving over to the virtual. My kids been virtual the whole school year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out here in California, we've been virtual. Yeah, yeah, yeah out here in California, we've been virtual, yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, they, they're thinking about opening back up. Uh, I was an SRO, still an SRO, uh, school resource officer for one of the high schools in my city. And then uh, since we've been closed, they kind of transferred me over to Detective Bureau. So I'm working uh, Internet crimes right now. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a trip. You know, my, my, uh, uh, my son was a senior last year, and he missed his prom and his graduation all yeah, that, all that stuff just, that we got to do. So sad. I got a, I got a daughter in high school now. So hopefully she, she'll be back. She can go to her prom because I, I know it's more special for girls, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although I, I like my prom, though. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. Now we parted. Uh yeah. Oh no, yeah, we won't get into that. We can get us both in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah. Yes. Cool. Uh, so. Out there in Burke County, you are in narcotics, but uh, what have you done before uh, you were in narcotics? Uh, well, I started off on road patrol division, and uh, I was on there for about 11 months, and I got moved over to the crime suppression division, which is basically like proactive patrol, uh, and that's basically where I spent most of my time. I enjoyed that. And then uh, about a year or two after that, I got promoted to sergeant for night shift, and uh, I did that for about a year. And then uh, recently, like I said, they have uh, higher prices, but promotions for narcotics I put in for it. And I was selected to be one of the narcotics investigators. Okay. All right. And then, uh, so like I said, you've been doing that for four years. How, how do you like it? Oh, I enjoy it. I say I enjoy it. Uh, crime suppression is probably one of my biggest things I enjoy doing because I like doing addiction work. But where I'm at, we don't have a real like uh, interstate run through our county like that, like most of the guys that were in addiction. But I just enjoy sitting on the highway, watching people and behaviors, how they change when they see me passing my vehicle, stuff like that. Uh, being good at interviews and talking to people is something that I enjoy doing. Okay. Yeah. So you, you get to do a lot of that a little bit there. I, I noticed that, you know, you got a little, you got a little bit of size on you. I, I ran into you <laughs> on, uh, I ran into you on LinkedIn is how, how we hooked up and you post a lot of videos with, with you working out and, and, and you go in there like a beast, I must say. Um, yes, <laughs> what, what sort of athletic background do you have? Uh, well, actually, in high school, I did football and wrestling up. Uh, I did participate in soccer and track, but we did soccer just to stay in shape. It, I'm not going to say I knew how to play the game, but we just ran around to stay in shape. But wrestling and uh, football were my biggest things. And then also I've been doing karate for about 15 years. Uh, my cousin and my uncle, were uh, they owned a karate school in Alabama. They brought up in Georgia, and then I trained with them for a while. All right. So so you you know uh, karate and, and, uh, and karate, right? 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Never know we gonna have to use it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What uh, what level are you in karate? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, um, fifth, fifth degree black belt. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, so, so you know how to do, do you participate in like the uh, defensive tactics of your department, or are you part of that team? Or I know, like I said, uh, for us, like I don't know how to describe for in Georgia. You got to be a post certified instructor. You got to go off to defensive tech school, and I haven't been able to do that yet. Okay. Yeah. 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 You would think it would kind of help out though. Uh, you know, in, in your, in your, in our line of work to, to be able to know how to defend yourself and, and takedowns and, and, and all those sort of things so that, you know, you know, the big thing that that's been going on in our nation really is, uh, you know, BLM and all those things that happen towards that because of that, but also, um, training, training for officers to not have to shoot, or not uh, feel like they need to shoot in certain situations uh, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some officers can't handle themselves. They go, you know, straight for the firearm. So uh, to be able to, to handle themselves without that, you know, I, a lot of times, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like debating unless it's clear cut, you know, when, you know, you say I wasn't there, you know, I don't know this, this, this guy's level of training, all that sort of stuff. What, what What's your take on, on, on those sorts of things? You know, is, training and being able to handle yourself and going straight for the, for the gun. Uh, well, one thing I believe in is training. Uh, like I say, for my sheriff's department uh, at Georgia, you don't need 20 hours to train in a year just to keep your certification up. But my sheriff's made us do 60 hours a year. But uh, one thing I learned, like different departments, they just don't have the resources to train. Like right? you go to some rural cities or departments where it's like maybe three or four people in the whole uh, organization, they just don't have the budget to train. Uh, also, like they like equipment and different things, and then when you encounter somebody that might be aggressive, or something like that, and you just never had that type of training. You only go for what you know. And I say you never been trained to go hands on with people besides the academy, and you've been on the job for twenty years. You go for what you know, and I'm not saying that it was all justified, and some of it wasn't, but it all depends on coming back to training, and that's why I believe that you know department you got to train people, but it all comes back to a money thing too. Like I say, you got to have money to be able to train these officers. You got to be able to have money to have the right equipment. Changes cost money, OC spray, batons, all that. All these new things that are coming out for officers, it comes with money that you don't have to pay for. And like I say, a lot of times, some of these places, you know, I've seen places in Georgia where officers only make $10 an hour. I mean, you can't expect them to have a good training budget to bring people down there right. and help them, you know, learn the different techniques needed to de-escalate. Like I say, even as a young officer, I had to go to verbal judo. Cause, you know, I was young. You know, I was, you know, I went to a certain high school, like, you was taught to be tough, like, you have to learn how to talk to people, learn how to build that rapport. That everybody's not trying to you know go about you. You got to learn how to calm people down with your words. But some people just don't receive that training. Right, right. That's been my biggest thing to be able to use that verbal judo um, uh, de-escalation, is, as the typical term is called now. But uh, you know, in my career, I've been in the game uh, over twenty years, and to be able to to talk your way out of things, or not even talk your way out of it, to to not even get in that situation in the first place, you know, to calm mm-hmm. people down, uh, you know, people put people at ease, but still have the officer presence that they know, hey, you know, it's the, I'm not the one to mess with, so let's just be professional, let, let's just handle it, you know, if you got to go to jail, you got to go to jail, but I'm gonna treat you with dignity mm-hmm. and respect in the first yes, place, sir. and then you know, people people see that and they respect that and and they give it back to you, so. That that's where a lot of that comes from in the first place. Yes, sir. Yeah, don't have to talk to people. Help eliminate a lot of things. Yes, you got to learn how to talk to people. As an FTO, I I try to teach the young officers coming in. You know, if if you don't go in there with the with that attitude in the first place, and you know, 
things a lot of reciprocal you know uh what, what's that uh force meets force and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. so if you go in there with yes, the sir. attitude they're gonna give you attitude back and and it's just a circular thing so don't go in there with the attitude in the first place yes sir yeah yeah so what are other sort of things you do at the department you got any collateral duties that you're doing over there or uh, no, not this time. Like I said, I'm on the SWAT team also. Like I said, I just got on oh. there about a year or so ago. Uh, before, well, I, I would say, you know, I would say that's a pretty big collateral duty, though. <laughs> SWAT, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I, uh, I started off with the department. I was pretty, I've always been a big guy. I like to eat. It's just one of my biggest things. That's why I had to work out so much. <laughs> but I started off at like 315 pounds. And like for us, for SWAT, we had certain physical demands we had to meet. And like I say, me, i never been a distance runner. That's just not something I did. But for SWAT, you had to do certain things. So I had to lose weight to get on the SWAT team, you have to be able to shoot. And, you know, that's one they always taught me, but they told me on SWAT TV, SWAT, you're not, either you're going to make the qualifications or you're not. So I had to get myself together to get on that team. And like I said, basically, we work on our shooting, we work on our cardio, work on clearing houses, just being a better law enforcement. So if something serious does happen and they call us, we'll be ready to act. Right. So it's a, it's a collateral duty with your department, right? It's a part-time position call out it's not yes, full-time right yeah same with my yes, department but there, you know some of those larger departments where they got a full-time team where that's all they yeah. do all day air day is is train mm-hmm. and shoot and you know so hey it, it must be nice yeah. right well yeah i mean i don't know about exercising all day but yeah i've seen some things like i watched <laughs> one in miami they be getting they be doing that crossfit stuff i'm like Oof. yeah yeah a lot of guys on our team are into that crossfit and yeah, I'm not a big CrossFitter with you know the kipping pull ups and all that type of stuff. I'm like, hey, y'all, I tried it y'all's before, joints. But yeah, I, said, I tried it before, but my body just wasn't ready. It's just that right, wasn't right. Ready for it. You know, exactly. You hurting your hurting yourself. You know, a lot of them come mm-hmm. back with injuries. It's like, come on now, you're supposed to be working to get better, not to not to get injured. So you know, yes, to each his own, I guess. Do, yeah, uh, do you, you guys like get a lot of you guys get a lot of activity on on the SWAT team? A lot of call outs or. Um, not really in our county, like say, uh, for our county, we have other rural HCs around us and they might call us out, but maybe on a year we might get five call outs. Uh, thank Lord we haven't had anything serious going on where we had, you know, usually the force or anything like that, but we've been blessed to just be able to go out there, handle situations and, you know, clear up. So it's, it's been pretty good, like I say, but most of the time we might get four or five calls a year when we had to respond. Okay. Okay. So what kind of interest you in law enforcement in the first place, what what made you want to join this profession? Well, I never even thought about being law enforcement. I went off, like I said, I went off to school uh, to be in business management. For some reason, I thought I was going to own a business. Uh, I was 17, I went to school, and like I got my first refund check, so basically I had money, so I basically I blew that. So then I started working at a local convenience store, a grocery store, and then my mother was like, you need to get back to school. So I just so happened to see one of the officers that was at the store that works, especially there, he was talking to another guy about becoming a police officer. He said, you need to go to the academy. So I ended up talking to him, and then he ended up you know, talking to me. He's like, it'll be a good thing for you. He said, you've never done it before. might be interesting. So I ended up signing up for the law enforcement through my other job, and I went through the academy. And then, like I said, after that, I fell in love with it. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's what it is. You get that first taste, and you hooked. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I took it. It's hard to do anything Kind of like what you- yeah, kind of like what you're into now, narcotics. You know, <laughs> it's a different kind yeah. of drug, you know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the adrenaline rush. The adrenaline mm-hmm. rush, yeah, it's it's fun. And also, you know, the the different variety. You're not dealing with the same thing every day. Every day is different for the most part, uh, different, meeting different people. And, yeah, you know, I tried sitting in an office 
uh, for a while, and, and yeah, that that just drove me crazy. I I, I couldn't yeah, handle that's it. What I mean. That's why I tell people I cannot be behind the desk. That's why I applaud people in corrections, like seeing the same people every day, walking the same routine and all that. Like I say, it's just not for me. I know people love it, but it just wouldn't be for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you said you mentioned you went to school for business. Uh, what school did you go to? Uh, oh. Start off at Augusta, Augusta State University, and then, like I say, uh, eventually fell out of there. Uh, then about maybe four or five years later, my current sheriff and another guy that's a chief investigator up here in uh, Cobb County, DA, Prescott, who's basically one of my mentors, too. They're like, you need to go ahead and get your education. They say, you got, you know, the experience, you need to add education to it. Like I say, it'll help you out in the long run. So eventually, I signed up for school for uh, University of Phoenix, and I did it online while I was at Payne College. So basically, I worked night shift. When the school quieted down, started doing my papers, went through my assignments, and then uh, eventually I finished, got my bachelor's. And then like, I started to see that I want to start teaching. So I haven't started teaching yet, but I wanted to become a teacher of criminal justice, maybe at a college and an adjunct instructor. So I went ahead and got my master's degree in uh, criminal justice, too. All right. Congratulations there, sir. Give you another round of applause for that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just finished up my master's as well in organizational leadership um, just in right here in 2020. So yes, yeah, it, it was. It wasn't easy. wasn't easy. Let me tell you. Nah, you know, as working adults, yeah, yeah. All papers and man, yeah. I'm so glad it's over. You got any uh, aspirations to go back and get the uh, get the doctorate? I thought about it, uh, and I actually signed up for it last year. Uh, but then, like as they were giving my coursework, and I was just seeing how much it was going to require me for like two or three years. Like, honestly, I was going to have to vote. Time I got off work, most of my time doing schoolwork. And like I said, I just right now at this time, I wouldn't be able to do it. I've thought about it, but like I talked to my sheriff and other people, they're like, anything that you want to do right now, you can do with your master's. But basically, like the doctor, if you want to write books or you become a specialist in something, go ahead and get your doctorate. And I might do it eventually, but like right now, it wouldn't be yeah. the best idea because I have a lot going on. But like I said, I have different plans or going to different organizations and jobs in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. And, uh, you mentioned earlier that you you got a kids that are in school. Uh, what's what's the home life? You you married, single? Yes, sir. I'm married. Married. And we got okay. Five I was kids. like, which one? You oh, both? Yeah. <laughs> both <laughs> married and single. Oh, okay. Ooh, nah. That's how y'all doing in again. Georgia, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't be here talking to you. My wife heard that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Uh, how many how many kids you guys got? Uh, all together is five. Uh, she had three from her previous marriage. And then I, we had two together, two young boys. So it's four boys and the girls, the oldest. All right. So you got a really interesting household there, huh? Oh, full of wrestling and running around. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) How old's the, uh, the oldest? Uh, She's 20. She'll be turning 20 this year. Oh, okay. Okay. And how old is the youngest? He's three. He'll be turning four on the 13th of February. Yeah, so okay, so you got you got a big range there, huh? Oh yeah, yes sir. Yeah, a lot of different dynamic nice. attitudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that makes home life fun right there. So yeah, so I I, I brought that up because uh, we we're talking about you know continuing your education it takes takes a lot of uh, commitment from the family as well. Yes sir, yes sir. Uh, trying to keep them quiet, and let them know that you're working. I mean, they get a good lesson. Like, <laughs> well, we're just going our room. You know, we don't disturb you. They know when you get into miswriting that paper, 
someone bother you, you can start snapping at them real quick. So you just got to remember, keep on playing. Yeah. Just go play in the room for a little bit. Just let me finish writing this paper. Cause at one time, I was, well, I, still I was procrastinating, so I waited till last minute anyway to do my papers and trying to control them and do my papers. You know, it, it did come. It was an issue, but we worked through it. Yeah, yeah. You sound like me. Uh, same thing. Only thing, my my kids are older. Like uh, we talked off air, uh, my son just started uh, his first year of college uh, mm-hmm. this year. So, uh, you know, last year doing when I got my, my master's, he was a senior in high school. And, and my daughter, she's, you know, she's a junior. Or she's a sophomore. What is she? Yeah, she's a junior. So, so you know, like I was, I was trying to say that you know I didn't have to worry about you know, daddy, daddy, what are you doing? Uh, you know, they they old. Yeah. Go do your own homework. Don't we, don't be worried oh, yes. about my homework. All they ask is but it's snacks. good that you got. Yeah, it's good that you got the wife to help help you out on that. So, got got to have that family support. Are you are you originally from Georgia? Yes, sir. I'm from West Georgia. I say most of my family's from North Carolina and Asheville, but my grandfather moved out here. I believe for the military reasons, and we've been down here ever since. All right, all right. So no aspirations to to go anywhere else, huh? Oh yeah, my wife really wants to move. Like I said, I've been here my whole life. So uh, in the meantime, like I said, I've been looking for different state and federal jobs to uh, eventually be able to move. But uh, state jobs are good, federal jobs are better. But think about federal jobs; they require a certain level of fitness, and like I said, they want you to run that uh, PT test at a certain time, and that's what I've been working on really. Is my run? Like say, uh, they want you to run a mile and a half, like twelve minutes or less. And yeah. as a bigger fella, that's 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 a push for me. But I'm working on it. Okay, yeah, I, I know you can get there. I know you can get there. What? What? How big are you? What? What's your size? How tall are you? I'm six one right now. I'm about two seventy five. That's not that big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we could all. You know, we could all lose some weight and, and want to be a little bit. You know, but. But you know, you 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 probably put together two seventy five, not like a, yeah. you know, because I can tell at least tell in the face there, you know, you know, rotund, as they say. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, I'm you don't look like two Okay, yeah, put put that work in. I, I know you get yeah, that. That's like eat. Yeah. <laughs> Who you telling? You and me both. <laughs> I said uh, on the day we're recording this. If you're listening to this in the future, uh, today's Super Bowl Sunday. So as, as soon as uh. Sergeant McCants and I get off here. We're going to, you know, prepare for watching this game and, uh, and do some more eating, right? Okay. Cool. So uh, what what are some of the challenges you have in your job as a police officer? Uh, for me, like I say, I've worked in like different organizations, but just getting people to understand that we're not there just to lock people up has been one of the biggest challenges. Because, you know, most of the time we encounter people in the worst times when something's dress is going on. They, they we're just out there just lock people up. And that listen to them. And I, I can tell people most of the time I'm going to pull you to the side. I'm going to separate parties if I need to. Talk to them. Just understand what's going on. But a lot of times they think, well, hey, we want to just clear the call and get it out of the way. That's not the case. The best thing you can do is always talk to people a bit of rapport. Because while they might be going through something today, they might be the help you need tomorrow. And that's why you got to understand that you just getting people to understand that I'm there to talk, to help them through the situation they're going through. And it's a challenge at times, but sometimes it, it works out to my favor. And just understanding that law enforcement and police officers in general are not there to harm you. I mean, most people don't believe that, but then you have some that's always had bad experience with law enforcement where they never see them until something bad goes on, and that's when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What's uh, one of the most rewarding parts of your job? Uh, helping people. Uh, like in our county, we have a pretty big county, but we have long stretchways of roads, and uh, 
we had some pretty bad accidents out there. Just being able to get there to people first, uh, helping them, you know, survive what they're going through, helping them understand that, you know, it's going to be all right. You know, it could be worse. Just, you know, while you're in the race, while you I lost your car, you might be seriously injured, you didn't pass. And just getting people understanding, you know, better days are helping or are coming along. And then when they come back to you after, like, calls have, you know, been finished or a couple of weeks later and just thank you for being kind or helping them through the struggle they were going through, it's one of the biggest things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you're, you're African-American and uh, your sheriff is also African-American. What, what's the demographics like in, in Burke County? It's about 50-50, I say, between it. And then, you know, you have a Hispanic community. But like I say, it's about 50-50 between black and white. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, during the during the summer with uh, George Floyd and, and uh, Breonna Taylor and all that type of stuff, how, how did that affect you guys in, in Burke County? Uh, it really didn't affect us too much. Uh, we didn't have like too many incidents where people was trying to, you know, you know, having like protests and rising and like that. Uh, we understand the seriousness of what went on and what occurred, but like the community that we worked in, like I said, they're almost most of us police friendly. Like most of the community enjoys us. They know we're coming in to help and work. And like I said, we just haven't had the problems. Like if they had open discussion panels about what was going on across the country mm-hmm. and what we could do to prevent it, but like I said, we just never had those type of incidents occur down there and then like I say for the most part everyone down there in the county you know they might not be best friends with law enforcement but they generally appreciate what we do they know we're out there to help us well there were a couple incidents in Georgia during this this 2020 as well you know the Ahmaud Arbery and then uh what was the other one in in Atlanta as well so you know yes, a couple things that happened yeah yeah mm-hmm. so no no blowback in uh in Burke County because of those huh so, well, I, the the one that was running, we didn't have blowback, but I believe he got buried in Burke County. The, uh, the oh, jogger, really? yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. I believe he got buried in Burke County, but we haven't had any blowback or anything like that, sir. Good deal, good deal. How, how's uh, you know, you being an African American uh, police officer, uh, sheriff's deputy as well, um, out there? How, how's uh, that experience been with you, as far as the community, as far as on duty, off duty, how's that experience been with you? Uh, for the most part, for me, it's been good. Like I said, I've never really encountered like individuals that are just like so against police officers. Like you know, you might encounter ones like when you're about to arrest them or they're in trouble when they don't want to go to jail. They might get upset at you about for being a police officer. Like you're not trying to help them out and like that. But for the most part, I never encounter anything negative about being a police officer. Like even from the people I went to school with, like. I wasn't known as being the best student, but I wasn't the worst student, but you know, they have a general appreciation for me being a law enforcement officer. And then, uh, they say they appreciate my service and they know that at the end of the day, I'm going to do what's best for the situation. I'm just not going to do it because I'm a police officer. Right. Right. And, uh, how'd your family feel about you, you getting into the job, your family and, uh, and your friends? Uh, like I said, they, they didn't really care. Uh, like I said, one of my uncles was actually a police officer, but, uh, police department that's up here in Augusta, but that was back in the day, but my mother didn't care. Uh, my wife got a little nervous about some different incidents that's been happening, like when police officers been ambushed and different things like that, but besides that, like I said, she's always been supportive. Our kids like it. Uh, my sons always say like, oh, yeah. they want to be police officers or they always want to go around playing with guns, shooting at people, so I just, yeah. they watch a lot of live PD. Oh, okay. Wow, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about them getting into the profession themselves? 
me, honestly, I wouldn't care. Like I said, as long as they're going to be safe and do what they need to do and be just honest with people and straightforward, that's perfectly fine. Uh, that's like I tell people with any profession, you can get hurt or injured doing anything. I mean, it's going to be a little bit heightened for us law enforcement officers, but at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, you know, yeah. it's not criminal, you know, I'm all for it. <laughs> right, right. So long as it's not criminal, you don't want your, you don't want your kids involved in criminal activity, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, it might be Pablo Escobar, but hop back and they're like, nah, I can't have yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, of course, you you want everybody to enjoy what they're doing in profession. Uh there's so many times and we talked about off air um about our professions, you know, wanting to get into it and all that type of stuff. I can see that people that, you know, didn't really want don't really want to be in law enforcement that have this job. And those are the ones that kind of causing issues, you know, they disgruntled for whatever reason um, they need mm-hmm. to go. Right. Yeah. You got to phase them out. Like I said, uh, one thing I learned in law enforcement, I say, either you're made for it or you're not. It's no in between with that. Like I say, and if you're on the fence about it, you probably should step out of it. I say, it's just one of the things, but you can't come to work with a bad attitude, but you're dealing with other people that's going to have bad attitudes, having marital issues and all that. And you're supposed yep. to be there to solve it. And then you add into it with your frustration and anger. It's going to make the situation go worse. I said, you get to make the situation better, you can handle it, or you can make it worse. No doubt, no doubt. And, uh, you know, with a lot of this uh, that's going on now with the defund, reform, uh, police reform, and all that type of stuff, you know, now's the time for if, if you don't want to be there, then it, now's the time mm-hmm. to get out, right? Yeah, go ahead and take now's a picture and do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of them, you know, when back in my day, we were able to do this and able to do that. Well, you know, it ain't back in your day now, you know. Yeah, it's different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's different. So it, it is what it is. So you either roll with it or, or, or move out the way, right? Yes, sir. No doubt. So what on that same note, what sort of changes have you seen? You know, you've been in the game for like a whole decade now. I mean, to age you up like that, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, what, what changes have you seen in, in the profession just in the time you've been on it? Uh, you know, good or bad. Uh, for the most part, like I said, we're starting to see officers become, you know, more in touch with the community. Uh, they're starting to build that rapport with them. And uh, also that, you know, even now they're starting to bring back more of a proactive approach to law enforcement because uh, being reactive to the situation, you know, is always a bad thing. You never want to, react to after the crime happens. If you could deter it and prevent it from happening, you'd rather be more proactive to it. But just uh, more departments are going towards that uh, community relations and just understanding that, you know, you got to build that foundation with your community to help you solve these different crimes that are occurring when officers are not there. So that's one thing, like, my share's real big big on was building rapport with people that you meet, talking to them, getting to know them. So, like, if something goes on, you're not there and you need somebody, you know, that might have information, there'll be more they'd be more willing to talk to you about it than just hold the information to himself and not talk to you. Right. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, you know, this kind of goes along to what we were talking about earlier. Um, you gotta, you gotta want this job to move forward with it. So yes, sir. you gotta want it. You gotta want to be out there and, and be the change. So let's keep that going. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. You mentioned, uh, you know, of course, obviously you are African-American. Your sheriff is African-American. What, what sort of uh, opportunities for for advancement? Obviously, you know, well, the sheriff's an elected. He was elected, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So what sort of advancement uh, for African-Americans and other minorities in, in your department do you see? Uh, well, I'd say it's basically like 50-50 with, like, you know, people that have rank positions and all that. 
we do have a lot of promotions that goes on within our department. You know, at end day, people get different jobs. People get uh, they go to different departments and all that. Uh, even from our organization, we had several individuals that worked at our sheriff department become chiefs of different departments. So once they leave, you have people fill that role. And basically, what happened is, you know, position comes open. You have an interview. If you meet the qualifications for it, you put in for it. You talk to the people that's in that division, and uh, basically like an oral board and all that. And then they decide on who's the best person for that position. And like I say, it's, it's always been fair and honest. So whoever's the best person for that position is going to get it. Nice. All right. Yeah. That's that's where we believe most of our departments should be, and hopefully they are. So sounds like sounds like yes, it sir. is over there. Yes, sir. Keep that going. All right. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, since you've been on the job, I, I know in law enforcement we see a lot of crazy things on the job. Is there is there one call in particular you can that comes to mind where you think you know that was either a crazy call or you couldn't believe this was happening, or you know even on the on the flip side where it's it was something that was really great that you helped somebody out with, and uh, you know it it gave you that warm feeling inside. Anything comes to mind on a call? Uh, as well, like I said, I used to be part of the crime suppression team, and one of our jobs was like when the investigators had somebody in custody and was we're transporting to the jail. So anyway, lo and behold, one of my lieutenants had just got through interviewing this guy. He was about to go to jail for a car for a long time, and uh, I was supposed to transport the guy. So you know, me being the bigger guy I was, I was walking to the door, and I was about to take him to my patrol car. And, you know, I had him basically by his shirt, and then someone called me or said something to me while I was talking to him, and I just happened to look back. And by that time, I'll hear his handcuffs jiggling. The guy had took off running. So after that, you know, I just screamed as loud as I could to let the guys know that I was running at this guy that was in handcuffs. He was a pretty, you know, smaller guy. He was about maybe like six feet, maybe 140, 150 pounds. So anyway, we're taking off after this guy. I'm the first one there. Jump over a fence. Well, he jumps over a fence. I run through the fence. He gets up. I try to tase him. Taser doesn't, you know, activate. Keep running. Run through another fence. Knock it over his little wooden fence. Go across the street. By that time, I'm gassed. He's still, he's still gaining on me. It just Man. so happened that lieutenant and all of them hear me, and I hear him coming. He's like, well, here comes the dog. I'm like, well, anybody can get the dog. He didn't have a dog. He was just saying that to get the guy stopped, but the guy didn't stop. Then we had this one younger officer uh, on my page name, you know, Dakota, and he's coming full speed. I can see him coming with his glasses bouncing. He's coming full tip. By the time, you know, I'm breathing hard, just basically walking to get to the guy, and he's already running. And he was able to catch the guy still in handcuffs, you know, he was able to bring him back to custody because it would have been kind of bad. A guy that was in handcuffs to get away from me, but oh no, he went to jail. So yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have never lived that down. If, uh, if he got away in cuffs and <laughs> they would have been oh, no, for, down. for days. Yeah. Yeah. They, they still, <laughs> still they, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so they still let me know. Yeah, that's good, I'm just glad y'all heard me. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing about our profession. Uh, you know, uh, all the things that we see on, on the daily, uh, you got to kind of, uh, combat it, not combat it, but deal with it with humor. And, uh, yes, sir. you know, our, our, our partners will, <laughs> will get on you. Oh, they'll get oh, they'll tear you up. Whatever you do. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing I love about our profession as well is all the things that we do see on the daily. It's not the, it's not the typical thing. Like, like we talked about earlier, uh, something different every day. And when you, and when you leave this profession, when you retire, you can say, you know, with your buddies, uh, or your kids or what have you. I, there was a time when I did this and, and this happened, you know, the story, mm-hmm. like you just said, you know, it, not too many of those stories when you sit and, you know, doing an accounting as an accountant, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> yes, sir. or something like that. Remember that time when we balanced those books and they was, 
You know what I mean? Nice and neat. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, they were nice and neat. And, you know, it, they were so overbalanced and we brought it down. You know, no, no, it don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen. So, no, nah, yeah, not at all. Good. No, no. So, what, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Uh, well, in the next five years, I'm hoping to get either, like, say, a state or federal job and maybe start adjunct instructing, becoming a criminal justice instructor at one of these colleges. Hopefully, I can get. By that time, we'll be able to teach in person. Like I said, I just feel like I can connect more with person in person. You know, I've always had great instructors. Like I said, my service is one of my instructors in the academy. He's basically one of the people that put me on to be an instructor. Just had to teach a style on different people that have taught me over the years. As you'll see how bad instructors, you know, can be boring. You don't want to pay attention to you. you have good instructors who might have boring information, but they still make you want to learn. So I always want to become an instructor, but hopefully becoming a special agent for one of these state or federal agencies is my next goal. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I'm sure that you you will achieve anything you, you put your mind to, sir. Yes, sir. I guess so. I'm sure you will. So uh, when I was a Fed years ago, um, a couple different agencies, and uh, the training center down there in, in Brunswick. How how far is that yeah. from, from Burke County? Let's see. Uh, I think it might be about three hours or four away from us. I actually, I've never been to it, but I, actually, I know they always have training up there for federal law enforcement officers. Yeah. And they have couple positions that come over every now and then that I see about. Yeah. Yeah. They also have a, a, a lot of the, uh, the uh, defensive tactics and, and PT instructors were uh, retired, you know, local law enforcement, like local state law enforcement too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they had those positions in, in other teaching uh, classes as well. So you can, you can look into that once you get your teaching credentials and all your credentialed up. Yeah. There's, there's opportunities yes, abound everywhere. So yes, sir. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You know, it was, it was lots of fun, a lot of good knowledge. Um, you, you keep talking about you a big dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not that big. You're not that big. Well, you, when you I get, get to big. running, yeah, it feels bad. Yeah, I bet don't say that. Yeah, way. yeah, running's not for everybody. You know, <laughs> it's not. Ooh, I can't stand it. You, I hate doing it, but I it, have to do it. Yeah, but you, you got to do cardio. There's other ways you can do cardio, though. You know, in the pool, on a bike. You know, all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So, you know, you, yes, you can do it. I know, you know, you, you're in the fitness, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, you know, I know you've seen these podcasts in the past and, uh, you know, that, uh, this game is not quite over yet. Um, so let me get you set. I got a game. I like to play with my guests and, uh, get this set up here. And this, this game is called black, uh, or blue. black or blue, black or blue, black or blue, black or blue. All right, this game here, we're going to call Black or Blue. Your topic today is called Netflix and Chill. Netflix and Chill. All right. So I, I know you watch a little bit of TV with, with the with the fam. So we're going to get you this game here. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a TV show. And you tell me, does the title of that show have the word black in it? Or does it have the word blue in it? Right? Real simple. Right? Yes, does the title of this show have black in it or does it have blue in it? Alright, so you ready? Yes. Alright, here we go. So let me let me get to your first one. Alright, so number show number one, Harley Santos, New York police officer and single mother is forced to work in the FBI's anti-corruption task force while dealing with her own financial problems. I'm gonna say blue. You're going to say blue? It would be correct. Shades of Blue 
with my girl J Lo. You remember that show? You ever seen that show? I have not. I've, I've never seen it either. I never. I was surprised she was even on TV for a minute. I thought she was a, a movie girl, but yeah, yeah, she was on that for 2016 to 2018. Okay, so now you're one for one. Your next show here. Uh, show number two: An American correspondent pretends to go over to the Nazis in World War II, but is instead working for the officially neutral United States against Hitler. Black or blue? I'm gonna say blue. You would be correct. Blue light, 1966. I, I've never heard of it, but you know, hey, <laughs> can't make this can't make this game easy for you. <laughs> Can't make the game easy for you, so Alright, let's get here Show number three A streetwise hustler is pulled Into a compelling conspiracy After witnessing the suicide Of a girl who looks just like her I say black That was a good guess (laughs) Orphan black Orphan black I've never seen Yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to, I had to dig deep because there's not too many shows, you know, with the, with the names either black yeah. or blue in it. So <laughs> I don't think my police shows. That's I, what I'm thinking, man. <laughs> right, right. Now this is orphan black, but hey, you three for three, man. You getting it? You getting it? Show number four. All right, seven top teenage surfers are selected to live in a training facility attached to a high school. At the end of the year, only two will get sponsorship and a wild card for the professional circuit. Black or blue? You say blue. You would be correct. Blue Water High. 2005 to 2008. You ever seen that one? Nope. Nope. I've never seen that. (laughs) Looks like it's trying to be like a Saved by the Bell or, yeah, I don't know, something like that. Uh, Speaking of Saved by the Bell, did you ever watch that show? You ever watch Saved by the Bell back then? Screech Dive. Yeah, Screech Dive, man. Rest in peace to Screech, man. But well, you, you're doing well on this. Yeah, you're doing well. Your next one here. Show number five. This reality show follows Texas oil men who gamble everything for a chance to make millions. Texas, Texas oil would be correct. Black gold. 2008 to 2013. Another show I've never seen. But hey, you, you were just you crushing it though, man. I, I think it's my descriptions, right? Yeah, it's a process of elimination. That's all I'm going with. Yeah, exactly. All right. Your next one here is show number six. A crusading school principal gets back into action as an electrical superhero. Electrical superhero. It's blue. Oh, man. I thought you would get that one. That's Black Lightning. Look over my shoulder. See that right I've never there? Seen it. <laughs> you never seen Black Lightning? That, that was a good show. Yeah, it's it's uh it's getting canceled here pretty soon. I put twenty twenty, it's actually uh twenty twenty one, it's gonna get canceled last season here. Great show, great show. But I'm into that type of stuff if you can kinda of tell from my background here. <laughs> Alright, you got one wrong. That's all right. We we get you through here. A couple more, a couple more here. Uh show number seven. Uh the dramatized World War II adventures of a US major Gregory Pappy Boyington and his U.S. Marine Attack Squadron. Is it black? Oh, there you go. Correct. Baba Black Sheep. 
1976 to 78. <laughs> Another one you never heard of, huh? Come on. Yeah, Has it I been one yet to hear it? Come on. Well, I, uh, I mean, come on. I, there's, I've heard of there's Black Netflix Lightning. and there's. Okay. You said before you were born, you know, that's what TV lands for, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reruns. Man, yeah. I ain't never seen on these shows. Uh, okay, all right. But you, you still get through it. Two more here for you. Uh, show number eight. This is the untold story of how aerospace was central to the growth of Southern California and its emerges, emergence as an economic power. It blew. Oh, process of elimination, Blue Sky Metropolis. Yes, 2019. I think that was on PBS. Uh, Mini series there. And your last show. In the dark, early days of a zombie apocalypse, complete strangers band together to find the strength they need to survive and get back to their loved ones. I'm going to say black. You would say black and you would be correct. <laughs> that is Black Summer. You got more right than you got wrong, so we gonna call All you. The winner. Ah, uh, see, you did that. You did that thing, man. It's shows you never hey. even heard of. You just breeze through. I think it was my. My description just gave it up to you, man. Yeah, process of elimination. Yeah, that's, that's process of elimination. That's, that, that's why you the, mm-hmm. uh, the sergeant over there <laughs> in yeah. narcotics, man. You can kind of, yeah, figure things out. Figure things out, man. All right, Sarge, I appreciate you coming on, man. It, it was fun. It was fun. And like I said, you breezed through that. Sure. Um, yes, this, this is good stuff, man. And uh, you know, keep that's keep it. the workout going, and and you're gonna you're gonna reach that 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 goal weight. I got a few I need to lose too. I'm like a 200. I want to get down to like 195, 190. So, you know, five, 10 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, we all, we all got our cross to bear, right? <laughs> yeah. I said, we all, we all get our, I said, I just like eat. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Today, I'm going to get it in. I'm going to get it in, man. We're going to be on oh, the yeah. grill. I got Super Bowl party I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be on the grill, wings, uh, carne asada, chicken. Man, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Next year, the Niners. Will, next year, the Niners will be there. So, you know, so long as Jimmy G can stay off the injured reserve, he, he stay injured. Oh, last time Niners played, my team beat them. So, I'm just... what? Who's that? The, you said yeah, the Ravens. Oh, yeah. Stop. I'm gonna end this call right now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think you for coming on, man. I had lots of fun with you. Thank you. You be safe out there in Burke County. Yes, sir. Same to you. All right, Square Pegs. That's it for this episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. I want to thank my guests here today, Sergeant Eric McCants of the Burke County, Georgia Sheriff's Office for joining me here today. If you guys enjoyed this episode as well, make sure you like and subscribe to the show on the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or whatever podcast platform you hear me today. I'll be back next week with another fun-filled episode. Same black time, same black channel. But till then, y'all know what to do. Stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. Peace. Peace. This has been a Nature Day Entertainment presentation.